Is it affecting me every single day? Is it affecting my ability to function? Is my personality changing? Are you feeling, you know, unmotivated? Is this lasting for a number of days? Are you feeling sad and also depressed to a point where you're just losing interest in things? I think that's when you know that you have seasonal affective disorder. Hi friends, I'm Jillian, the host of Teach Me How to Adult, a podcast on all the things you never learned growing up. Between landing your dream job, crushing your love life, learning to invest, mastering your mindset, and figuring out how to be happy along the way, there's a lot to navigate. I've learned firsthand that there's more than one way to adult and it's not always linear. So consider this show my love letter to taking the unconventional route, creating new milestones, and carving out your own version of success. You're right where you should be. So join me every week as I call in the experts for unfiltered, game-changing advice on how we can all live our best lives. Adulting isn't easy, but we got you. Hi guys, I hope everyone's hanging in there. If you are somewhere cold right now like I am, because it is freezing out. And if you're somewhere hot, I don't want to hear about it, so just keep that to yourself. (laughs) But if you have been feeling a little more sad lately, just know that you are not alone. I have struggled with seasonal depression for as long as I can remember. I truly hate winter and the cold and dark days when it's pitch black by 5 p.m. It really does a number on my energy, my sleep, and my mental health. And even though we're on our way to spring, this week statistically is one of the more depressing weeks of winter. We just had Blue Monday this week, which is when we might see an overall drop in morale for a number of reasons. And in a lot of Canada right now, it's just starting to like really feel like winter. But there are things that we can do to help. And I chatted with the biohacking pro, Chloe Deutscher, to help get some answers. So for those who might not know, seasonal affective disorder, also known as SAD, can make you feel sad, <laughs> depressed, exhausted, anxious, irritable, like you have no interest in the things that used to bring you joy. It can fuck with your diet and your appetite, and it can definitely mess up your sleep. My sleep has been atrocious lately, and I this happens every winter. I turn day into night and night into day, and it's not good. But throughout the pandemic, I really did start trying to improve my relationship with the winter. I got to spend a lot of the winter season with my family up in cottage country, and we got outside more, we played more, we made cozy little rituals together, and... It just felt a bit more bearable. Maybe there was just like more community and it felt really special because it wasn't the norm to just get to get out of the city and, and all kind of commune together. But I've been struggling since then with just the shittiness of city life in the dead of winter. And I really want to break out of that negative cycle this year because this is where I live and I can't just be miserable for a third of every year. So something has to change because none of us should feel that way. So I called in the expert, Chloe Deutscher. Chloe is a chemical engineer who has dedicated her career to the intersection of science, consciousness, and mental health. She's the co-founder and CEO of Liquid Culture, a biotech company focused on novel fungi manufacturing and developing innovative products for optimal well-being. She shares her actionable tips, knowledge, and experience in the fields of biohacking, mental health, and psychedelics on her popular TikTok account, Chloe Goes Inward, where she empowers people to overcome mental health challenges like ADHD, anxiety, and depression. She is so lovely. She really is the brilliant, lovable friend that we all need in our lives just to help us live a little better each day. Teach us how to combat seasonal affective disorder, Chloe.
Chloe, my fellow cold Canadian, thank you so much for making the time to chat today. I'm really excited to talk about seasonal affective disorder because I'm feeling very affected right now. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Seasonal affective disorder is something that I have struggled with my whole entire life and it can be debilitating at times. It's really affected me. And I think I've finally gotten to a place in my life where in Calgary this last week, and especially today, it's minus 35 and it's pretty cold, pretty miserable. You can't really do anything. And normally this would just rock me. And now I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, it's minus 30. It's not nice, but I'm okay. Like I can continue on with my day. I feel good. And so, you know, I hope that, you know, other people that are struggling with seasonal affective disorder can also, you know, feel okay or feel happy even when it's really hard and it's dark and it's cold. Oh, amen to that. And starting just kind of from ground zero for people who aren't sure, how do you know whether you just kind of have like the winter blues or if you fully do have seasonal affective disorder? Like how bad can the symptoms get and when do you really need to get help? Yeah, so it's a it's a spectrum, but I would say that in the winter, it's a little bit normal for you to be a little bit more tired, have a little bit less drive and motivation. Our bodies do definitely go through a seasonal change. And so if you're a little bit more hungry, if you want to go to sleep a little bit earlier, that's pretty normal and pretty typical. Your energy in July is going to be very different than your energy in January, and that's okay. I think when it starts crossing the line of, is it affecting me every single day? Is it affecting my ability to function? Is my personality changing? Mm -hmm. I think that's when you know that something is off. And especially if it is happening during those winter months, are you feeling, you know, unmotivated? Is this lasting for a number of days? Are you feeling sad and also depressed to a point where you're just losing interest in things? And then it can go even farther to a point of having, you know, really dark negative thoughts. And I think once it starts going in that direction where it's impacting your everyday life and your ability to be yourself and to to function as well, I think that's when you know that you have seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. I'm checking a lot of those boxes. So (laughs) this this makes sense. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of tangible things that people can do to feel better. And some of them are are like really simple, such as light therapy. Mm -hmm. So let's start with light therapy. Does it really help? And like, what are the recommended uses for it to, to make it effective? So there's quite a bit of research out there on light therapy, and it has shown to help people. I personally have started working with light therapy, and I can say, like, honestly, if you're going to do one thing, (laughs) try light therapy, because it has Uh helped me so much. For me, it's almost worked in about two days. I noticed myself, my mood improving, Mm. and, you know, research has shown it to work in less than a week for certain groups of people. You know, the most research points at doing about 30 minutes to two hours of light therapy as soon as you wake up. So my kind of my kind of flow in my routine is get up in the morning and I'll make my coffee and I'll even put my light therapy like in the direction where my window is and I'll just crank it on. And when I'm taking my Mm. supplements, it's right there. And so you're exposing yourself to light and then I meditate and I journal in front of it. And that usually takes me up to, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And it really does help me to feel more awake and happy throughout the day. It's quite impressive. And then just little things that I would recommend to people is don't stare directly at it. That's going to give you a headache and that's going to be harmful for your eyes. So have it off to the side. When I'm working with it, it's just on the corner. I can kind of feel it on my face. And then I usually like to stop working with it around noon. Some days if I feel like I need a little extra light boost, I'll go to like two at the most, but then you're going to want to start tapering down the lights so that you sleep well. So this is where I fucked up a lot last last winter because I did not know that. And I got a I got one of the lights and I set it up at my mm-hmm. workstation and I had it on 
the entire day for about a week. And I normally, <laughs> and we'll, we'll dive into this, but I normally do get a lot of insomnia in the winter and have a lot of trouble sleeping, but I mm-hmm. was not sleeping. Like it was bad. And then I was talking to oh, my friend. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're on FaceTime. She's like, why is it so bright? And it was like four or 5 PM. And I'm like, oh, I've got my, my satellite on. And she's like, you shouldn't be doing that right now. Like it's late in the day. You're not going to sleep. And I'm like, don't you need to expose yourself as much as possible? She's like, no, only in the morning, only for like an hour or two. Like this is nuts. <laughs> so that's great to know that first thing in the morning and, you know, only for maximum a few hours. Are some made better than others? Are there a certain amount of lumens you should be looking for? Is there certain levels of brightness or something? Yeah. So for the most part, um, you just want to be looking for 10,000 lux. So okay. about 15 minutes to 30 minutes exposure of that should help really improve and like set your circadian rhythm. What really makes the price difference is the ones that have like longer ranges. So some of them uh, you have to keep really close to your face and some of them longer away. I prefer to have something, you know, in the medium range so I don't have to have it super close to my face for yeah. it to work. And you'll just see on the manufacturing instructions of kind of how far away do you have to be when you're using the light. Okay. That makes sense. Have you tried those Mm -hmm. Dawn simulator alarm clocks? I feel like I really want to get one and that would help because I am so sick of waking up and it's like 9am and I'm like, no, it can't be 9am. It's got to be 5am because it's fucking pitch black. So Mm -hmm. I can see the allure of them. Do they kind of work in the same way? And have you tried one? Absolutely. So um, there's some research that says that they work also. And I think, you know, whether you want to use a light or you know, the Dawn simulators, it's up to you, whatever works best for you. I think you could also use both. I have used the Dawn simulator and I loved it. Okay. The one I had, you can also do, um, set like bird chirping sounds. (laughs) I would wake up in middle of January and I would feel so much better because it almost feels like spring when you're waking up and it is so hard, especially on those cold, dark days when your alarm goes off at like 6am, it's pitch black, it's freezing. You don't want to go get out of bed. And so I think it really does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The hardest part of winters in Canada for me is definitely sleeping. I have a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. getting to sleep. I don't know if it's just my circadian rhythm is so messed up from it being like so dark. But Mm -hmm. right now, my sleep cycle this week has been a nightmare. I have not been able to get to sleep before about 4 a.m. every night. And then waking up is treacherous because if you Mm -hmm. try to wake up at a normal time, you have like four or five hours of sleep. And then it's so dark. It's hard to get out of bed. And I'm shocked at the difference between now and in November, I was in California for the month and it was so bright and sunny every day. I've always had a bit Mm -hmm. of trouble like waking up early, but I was waking up without an alarm clock way earlier than normal. Sunlight was coming directly onto me. It was so bright. I was getting tired by midnight and like wanting to go to bed. And it was amazing. I was like, my body is working. Like this is how life Mm -hmm. should be. How do you recommend we regulate our sleep patterns if for anyone who's going through this? There's a few things that you can do, and it's um, really about having good sleep hygiene. So are you waking up and going to sleep at the same time every single night to have a consistent rhythm? And then, you know, as we just talked about having the bright light and viewing bright light, as soon as you wake up, that can help to really set your circadian rhythm. And then also dimming lights at night. Um, Mm. It's like doing the opposite thing that you would do in the morning. I really like to not have bright light exposure an hour before bed, sometimes even two. Even if I have to work late at night, I'll just light candles and Mm. really try not to expose myself to blue light, especially this is where, you know, checking your cell phone before bed is so bad for you because you're getting that blue light, which signals to you time to wake up. And so putting the phone away is really helpful. 
you know, reducing caffeine intake or not having caffeine past, I would say, you know, if you're really having trouble sleeping past noon, some people can get away with it till like 2, 3, 4 p.m. And I really like having um, a sleep wind down routine. My, my wind down routine changes a lot based on kind of where I'm at in life, but something I really love doing is journaling before bed or reading. And I also love taking a nice bubble bath. Like I really like bathing with lavender salts and it kind of just calms the body down and then gets you ready for bed. Yeah. That magnesium like bath salt. I am literally crawling across the floor after a bath with that. I'm like, I can't stand up. I'm so relaxed. It's so nice. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I should get back into that. Have you tried blue light glasses? Just the way that I function, like I know there's not a world in which I'm not on my laptop until right before I go to bed because I do so much like mm-hmm. work and writing and all of these things late night. So if there's something I like, I think I might need to try changing to the warm sepia tone like screens that you can yeah. do at night and then also maybe trying the the blue light glasses. Yeah, I, I use them um, regularly nearly every single day and I really like them as well. I usually switch over so I won't wear them in the morning and then come afternoon after lunch, I'll put them on to block the blue light. And I'm somebody who normally gets really bad headaches. I'm staring at screens all day. I'm on my computer. I'm on my phone up until like 8, 9 p.m. And if I'm not using the blue light, I find I get headaches and a lot more brain fog. Mm. So they've been really helpful for that. And I can also imagine how much they would help with improving sleep. Okay. I'm sold. I'm going to try it because truly in the winter, my day is just going from like a tiny screen to a medium screen to like a big screen. Like that is, it's like, I've now finished with the totally. small screens. I will reward myself with the big screen. <laughs> so are lower serotonin levels responsible for seasonal affective disorders or do they, do they play a part? And if so, how do we combat that and boost that serotonin? Yeah. So it's not one thing that causes seasonal affective disorder, it's a number of different things. And low serotonin definitely plays a role. So first of all, like as we talked about, there's a massive disruption to your sleep cycle. And when we're viewing less bright light, our body produces less serotonin because sunlight actually tells our body and signals our body it's time to produce serotonin. And then with more dark light, we're producing more melatonin. So we're going to be sleepier. We're going to have less energy. And then if our sleep is being disrupted, that's also going to affect all of our hormones as well. And so there's just a number of different things coming together that just makes it a little bit harder for us to, you know, feel happy and feel as energized. And serotonin is a hormone, right? So it can, it can fluctuate. I saw you do a post recently on how you like to boost your serotonin. What are some of the ways in terms of like food or probiotics or just habits that we can, we can employ? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different ways that you can increase serotonin, easy little things from just going outside and feeling the sun on your face to hugging a loved one or connecting with someone that will increase serotonin meditation is great for that as well and then there's everything from like supplements and vitamins so some really good vitamins that i would recommend for nearly everyone um, unless you have a certain medical condition is to take vitamin d most canadians are vitamin d deficient i would highly recommend actually even getting your vitamin d levels tested and just seeing Mm -hmm. probably how deficient you are and then choosing um a vitamin d supplement and you should be taking vitamin d3 with k2 another supplement i really recommend taking is magnesium. Magnesium helps uh, vitamin D work better. And if you take it before bed, it will really help you to rest and recover. Other vitamins would be B-complex is another really important one that helps with serotonin production. So those would probably be the top three vitamins I would take. And then as far as food goes, 
I would aim for foods that are high in tryptophan. So a lot of um, fish, nuts, seeds, non-processed meats, dark leafy greens, those are all really helpful for boosting your levels of serotonin. Another supplement I would take is omega-3 fatty acids. Yeah. Uh, they're involved in so many aspects of neurotransmission that they're mm. always very helpful for mood and depression. Are there any other supplements just in general for mood in this type in this time of year? Okay, I have I have a couple, so I'll throw a few at you that are my absolute, absolute favorite supplements and that have made such a difference in my life. So the first one is saffron, and saffron's a spice. But if you take it in supplement form, about 30 milligrams a day, it boosts serotonin, dopamine, and noradrenaline. So it can be really helpful for um, depression and focus. And there's actually clinical studies that have compared it to antidepressants. And it has worked just as well. Why aren't people talking about this? You're the first person I've ever had recommend saffron. Wow. Saffron is incredible. It's, It's something that I take religiously every single day. I would just say that if you are somebody who's on medication or antidepressant, just check with your physician first in case it doesn't yeah. interact with it. L-theanine, that one's an amino acid. And I find L-theanine really, really helpful, especially if you're somebody with anxiety. If you have anxiety, it can really help to kind of calm down your nervous system, calm your nerves within 30 to 45 minutes. And it gives you this feeling of as if you just came out of meditation. So you just have so much more mental clarity and focus. It also pairs really well with caffeine. So if you're a coffee drinker and you're somebody who who just gets the jitters or anxious when you drink coffee, L-theanine will really help with that. Hmm. And then I think the last recommendation I would have for seasonal affective disorder is taking acetyl L-carnitine or L-carnitine. They're just different forms of L-carnitine. This supplement is actually really helpful for your metabolism, for um, cognitive function, but it also activates your brown fat, which means that you're going to speed up your metabolism and it's going to raise your body's temperature a little bit, like very minorly, but you're actually going to physically feel a little bit warmer. And oh, wow. so you're going to feel a little bit warmer. It's You're going to be a little bit more resilient throughout the day. And then you have all these other benefits as, you know, greater fat burning potential. You might put on muscle better and you might be a little bit more mentally clear. And it's also um, a great antioxidant. So that's a supplement wow. I usually recommend to most people as well. That's so cool. I'm on such a supplement mm-hmm. kick right now. Just trying to figure out like what the, I mean, I know there's no easy answer. Like you can't just obviously like take a pill and everything will be fine. But figuring out the <laughs> protocol that like will best just kind of like optimize whatever you have going on I think is so amazing and there's so much great research coming out so those are great suggestions totally there's so much out there but it's just yeah finding the things that are right for you exactly I also wanted to ask about sunlight versus daylight because all the advice you know I see online is get sunlight exposure first thing in the a.m but we have not Mm -hmm. had sunlight here in weeks like every day Mm -hmm. is cold rainy overcast and dark so I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if the suggestion to work by a window and like face the window to get sunlight is it still effective if it's just daylight but it's dark out should I still try to be near a window even if there's no sunlight to be seen and is it just a matter of daylight or does it need to be sun daylight does help so if you're working if it's a cold rainy gloomy day and you're working by a window that still will help improve your mood getting outside and actually like viewing the direct light, even if it's rainy or cloudy or what have you, is still going to be the best. Yeah. If the sun is up and you're working by a window, it definitely will help. 
Okay, so it's the getting outside. That is the piece I'm missing. Because when it's dark out and it's gloomy and it's in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's no point in going outside because there's no sun. But I think that's just been my way of <laughs> convincing myself that it's okay to sit inside and rot. And I should, in fact, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even just a small walk, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day. And I also think this is where the lights really help. Because even just viewing, you know, bright light for 15 minutes right when you wake up, that can make a huge difference. And then going for a lunchtime walk or an evening walk, you know, just to have that little bit of sunlight coming in and to move your body a little bit, it's really helpful. Yeah. I know it's hard. I'm the same way. Like, yeah, today, minus 35. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go for a walk. And I'm just going to make myself do it and put good music on. I'm going to look like the Michelin man when I go outside <laughs> and I'm going to get it done. Oh my God. Good for you. I'm such a baby with cold, so I'm not thriving, but if I equipped myself, I could probably deal with it, but I've been in denial of winter for my whole life and I'm probably not going to stop. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it seems counterintuitive, but can cold exposure like ice baths or cold plunges, can those help with SAD? And is there any science to support that? Yeah, a hundred percent. Cold exposure helps with SAD. So I really like to cold shower in the morning. I find it so helpful Just the first way is very often with depression or seasonal depression, it's very hard for you to wake yourself up. And hopping in that cold shower is probably the easiest way, I would say even more effective than coffee, to wake up and just get your day going. And it also builds so much resilience. And that is the hardest thing that you're going to have to do in the morning. And if that's out of the way, then you've already won. And I try to make it as pleasant as possible. Like I put on an empowering song. I think about like all the good things it's going to do to my body. And I try to make it as like pleasant, as pleasant yeah, <laughs> as I possibly yeah. can. And then there's a ton of science to back it up. So it increases your dopamine by something like 250% and wow. keeps it there for about four hours. And wow. it also increases noradrenaline. So you're going to have more energy, more focus. You're going to have a greater ability to, to learn. And so it will give you that extra energy boost. And another thing that's really helpful with cold showering is it activates brown fat, just kind of like the acetyl-L-carnitine does, like we were Mm. talking about. So you're going to burn more fat. You're going to have a higher metabolism from doing this. And you're going to feel actually a little bit warmer throughout the day. Probably not immediately after you cold shower. I would say you feel a little bit colder for a little while. and And then you'll find that your metabolism kind of ramps up and you'll feel a bit warmer throughout the day. Is there uh, a recommended amount of time, for example, if you're going to do a cold shower, does it need to be like, you need to do it for two minutes or is like 30 seconds adequate or are there any kind of like guidelines? Usually one to two minutes is enough. Okay. Get your feet wet. I would even say, you know, if you can make it through 30 seconds, start with 30 seconds. I usually just like to put on a quick song and I'm out of there by the end of the song. And if I've listened to one song, then that's good enough. That's a good idea. I like matching it up to a song. That's great. It was interesting. I was also listening to um, a Huberman uh, podcast episode recently where he was talking about cold plunging and how effective it is. And he was saying he always would wait till the very end to dunk his head, which same, of course, we all do that. Mm -hmm. But he was saying how now there's all of this research that shows that submerging your head from the get-go as soon as you go in has all of these incredible resilience building effects so you would think oh putting my head in first thing is going to be a nightmare but it actually makes the rest of the two minutes more tolerable so I thought that was really cool because even with cold showers I usually like leave my head out for a while and then go under (laughs) but if you just like eat eat the frog so to speak and like get in there right off the bat fully submerge it 
it seems to actually be easier to last. I I completely agree with that advice. I think that's brilliant. And now that I like think of how I do it, I usually I usually don't completely submerge my head, but I get my face in there right away. Yeah, it's like yeah. the first thing I kind of like stick my feet in and I'm like, okay, hey, face goes in and <laughs> and we're just gonna do the thing. And I, I do find it's really helpful. Like once you've gotten your face under there, then the rest becomes easier. Especially as a woman, I, I get like a really puffy face. I oh yeah. Get really bloated very often. And I found that yeah. cold showering, submerging my face every single day has helped that so much. It's kind of True. crazy. So I definitely haven't held on to as much like bloating and water retention. So maybe ah. if that's something that motivates you, hopefully that helps. I saw you post online about hypnosis meditation for reprogramming your mind to positivity. And I'd never heard of that before. I'm really interested in that. So can you tell me more about how that works? Yeah. How, you know, I think with meditation and all these practices where you're becoming more present, you're shifting into this state where you're more receptive to make changes. So there's a greater um, ability to increase neuroplasticity, and this is your brain's ability to rewire and change. So there's a number of different ways to do this. I really like hypnosis because somebody's guiding you through a beautiful meditation process and you're very calm and you're very at peace. And this is when it's really easy to take in that new information. Another really good way would be using EFT tapping. That's probably my favorite right now. And that's, you have different meridian points on your body. Um, you know, for example, top of your head, on the side of your eye, you'll notice these points that are a bit more sensitive. And if you just Google EFT tapping points, it'll come up and there'll be videos that show you. And this is a great way to regulate your nervous system and to calm down, but then also kind of implement affirmations and rewire your thinking. Meditation and tapping and seeing affirmations and journaling has been so helpful. And even just the thought of, I choose to be happy is something that's yeah. been really helpful for me. And just waking up every day and being like, I choose to be happy, full stop, no matter what the circumstances, whether it's rain, shine, whatever happens today, I just choose to be happy. And so there's just so many little mindset shifts that you can make that, that will help. Oh, I love that. I'm also trying to reframe my time here in the winter where I find I am just hibernating more. My network isn't around as much. I don't have as many people mm -hmm. around me as usual. And I'm trying to reframe it to have like a purpose and a meaning. So this time of being more alone and more isolated and not going out as much is now my time to like work on a new hobby or to like write the book I've been oh wanting God. to write to do all, like if we can find some meaning in whatever shift is naturally happening for the winter maybe it's a time that you go on a bigger like self-care journey or you mm -hmm. take up an indoor activity like pottery or something you've always kind of wanted to do because it's too cold to go outside so if we can like latch on to some sort of purpose or meaning or new thing that we can be excited about I think that really helps and this is the year I need to actually do that <laughs> Totally. I, I completely agree. It's like, how can you leverage this time? How can you make the most out of the winter? And whether that's, yeah, learning something new for me. I'm trying to learn German right now. So I'm hoping to exit oh, cool. the winter with <laughs> better language speaking abilities. I think the winter can be a really beautiful time if you make the most of it and you allow yourself to relax or, or accept or just lean into like the season that it is. That's true. It is kind of leaning into it because... I mean, as in your handle going inward, it's in the summers, <laughs> I find I spend so much time out and about having fun, spending time with people, traveling. So if totally. we follow the seasons and allow ourselves to kind of like flow in, in sync with them, then the winter is a time to go inward and to be more mm -hmm. with yourself and, and take that time to like explore 
you instead of going out and exploring the world with other people. So I love that idea. Can you tell me a bit more about the EFT tapping? Because I've seen it and I never really knew, I mean, just full transparency, I never really knew if there was like a lot of like research to back it up or if like it really is effective. So I'm curious to know a bit more about how it works and why these points can allow for more neuroplasticity or like regulation. So EFT tapping, what you're doing is you're basically just tapping on acupressure points that you would use in acupuncture. And so you have these nerve endings that go throughout your body and by tapping into them, you're getting your body to calm down just in the exact same way as you would do in acupuncture. It's bringing awareness and calmness to your body. And while you're becoming more calm and aware, you put yourself in a state where it's a lot easier to change your thought patterns and and change your beliefs. There's some pretty good research on it for helping with PTSD. So Mm. there's some war veterans that have used it, it's worked really well on them. And, And for me, I just always had a super dysregulated nervous system and so it's just such a good way to like bring you back into your body to bring you back into the state of mindfulness and awareness and just yeah tapping on these points will just naturally calm you down okay I'm gonna add it to my toolkit because I I have zero (laughs) chill so I could use some calming things (laughs) are there any other kind of lifestyle changes that can help us get through this time of year you know we've talked about like some mindset shifts we've talked a bit about diet and and supplementation are there like exercises or other things that we haven't really touched on I would say you know the most important thing would be doubling down on routine and self-care I think that your routine can and your habits can really save you in a season where it becomes a lot harder to be happy just having a great morning routine something that you look forward to in the morning that you love to do whether that's meditating reading journaling doing pilates just something that gets you up and gets you going every single day all these things really add up romanticizing your day lighting candles and having nice coffee drinks going for walks or whatever it is that makes you feel a little bit happier that's really important and i think maybe one other piece that we haven't touched on that's something that's been really helpful for me is actually regulating my blood sugar which kind of sounds like it's something that's you know far out of left field for a seasonal affective disorder but your your blood sugar can really affect your cortisol levels and also your serotonin and so it's important to focus on regulating that and eating really clean and healthy and so a really easy trick to regulate your blood sugar is just to be aware of the order in which you're eating food. So you should just never have carbs first. What you should, yeah. what you can do is have a protein or a vegetable and then have your carbs and yeah. that will just stable your blood sugar levels. And so that's a little helpful trick that I've been really working on a lot. And I've been pretty surprised and impressed with how much my anxieties improved by mm-hmm. regulating my blood sugar. I agree. I've been on uh, the same journey, just trying to deal with PCOS and like insulin resistance. And so I've been working a lot on regulating my blood sugar. So instead of just cutting out carbs, which I used to feel like I had to do and I live for carbs, so it was devastating. It's nice to just kind of know that no naked carbs and the order in which I eat matters. And even that it's more of an additive approach. So it's not like don't eat the toast. It's like just have some greens and some, you know, like almond butter before. So yeah, I really love that. And it does really affect your mental health, which is so, so wild. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of crazy, but it's such a subtle, simple shift that you can make. I feel like adulting is just slowly realizing like, wow, 
all the shit that people say is true. You are what you eat. And like all of these things, you're like, oh, I guess I have to follow this now. Oh, exercise does make me happy. I guess I have to do it. Fuck. <laughs> I feel like the like good one-two punch that I have figured out that really helps me feel better is finding two kind of types of exercise that I love. One being more mindful. So I'm, I've been really loving like reformer Pilates. It's slower. Ooh. It turns my mind off mm -hmm. and just like I'm a slow person in general. Like I'm not like a person who rushes around quickly. So I just really mm -hmm. enjoy the pacing of it. It's really great. Um, and that's good for my mind. But then I also have been loving spin class with like great music and great vibes. And that gets the endorphins going in a way that like nothing else does. So I've been loving the combo of like, not every day needs to be a hardcore workout, but it does help when I do spin. I notice my mood is so much better. So combining those and then creating these rituals, which I saw you post about on uh, Instagram or TikTok, and I loved it. It was so cute. It was like creating like a tropical vibe in your home. We were talking about it before we started recording. And I loved this idea of like blasting the heat, lighting a really nice candle that like takes you back to like some tropical vibe place, making a nice drink. And I've kind of, without realizing it, I've been doing that. I've been lighting way more candles in the winter to just like make the scent of my home like really nice and indulgent and relaxing. I think little things like that, the romanticizing of your life, it it does help. It does add up. Yeah. Sometimes the little things add up to be really big things in the end. And lastly, I always love to ask our guests, what is one thing that you wish you had learned in school? Oh, I wish I would have learned nervous system regulation, like how to process and how to handle hard emotions and I think it's something that we all struggle with in life and it's not taught to us and we have to learn our own ways of coping and dealing. And there's so many just different, beautiful and amazing things, everything from exercise to, to breath work, like we mentioned, EFT tapping, somatic healing exercises, what have you, yoga. There's so many ways to calm down and process emotions and regulate your, your nervous system and we're not taught that. That's probably my number one. <laughs> I'm so glad we're learning it now and I'm so glad that people like you are teaching us and bringing it like these resources for free to people on, on social media. It's, it honestly is really, really helping people. So thank you for chatting with me today. And so please tell everybody where they can follow you, um, where they can consume more of your content and what you're up to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for having me on. It was so great to talk with you. And it was just so fitting that this was on the coldest day. And you'll have to let me know how everything goes with your your own sad journey. But I will. Um, always shoot me a message if you need anything or have any questions. And so you can find me at Chloe Goes Inward on Instagram and TikTok. And so I post um, educational content about um, nervous system regulation, mental health, biohacking, all that good stuff. And I'll be launching some courses in the next little while. I'm so excited. I feel like we'll have to bring you back to talk about so many other things because I see you also talk a lot about ADD and about microdosing mm -hmm. and kind of psychedelic treatments. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested in all of it. So this is just the Perfect. beginning and I can't <laughs> wait for your courses. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chloe. There you have it, friends. Thanks for listening and make sure you're following along on Instagram at Teach Me How to Adult Media and on TikTok at Teach Me How to Adult. 
If you like what you heard today, it would mean so much if you would subscribe and leave a comment or a rating. It really helps us grow the show. And if something in this episode really resonated, text it to your friends or screenshot it and share it on social. Wherever you are in your adulting journey, just remember you're not alone. My DMs are always open and I would love to hear from you. So hit me up with any topics or guests that you would like to hear about. See you next time. Bye.